The, the disciples have been gathered in the upper room. The Holy Spirit's come upon them. They've, they've gone out from the upper room. They've, they've gone uh, out into the streets. Peter then gives this amazing message of, of the good news of Jesus to the people there. Uh, and the people turn around and say, what must we do to be saved? Uh, and he says, repent and be baptized, every single one of you. Um, and you know, they, they, they see 3,000 you know, 3, or so people added to their number that day. And, and then what we see in, in Acts 2.42 and onwards, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So I'm going to look at my notes because I, I always get this the wrong way around. So the, the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. But that's, that's an outward expression of what God's done inside each and every one of them. Uh, and what I was trying to get across this morning is that it's each and every one of us is devoted to someone or to something. And in comparison to Christ, is there anything else that we should, you know, can even match being devoted as much as we should be to, to him and what he wants to do in us, but also through us? Um, and so it's looking at how we have fellowship first with him, but then also fellowship with each other. And that that isn't just doesn't make us a social club, but it actually has an impact not just on us, but on, on the community around us. Um, and that being church isn't just about being in here, but it's like wherever you are on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, third, you're still, you're still church. You're still part of this body of Christ wherever we go. Um, when, we were, when we were discussing it, um, this, this whole series... Um, uh, and it came out of that, those three words in Acts 2.42, the first three words that was ever spoken about the early church. Uh, the, the, the first time that Scripture speaks about the nature uh, and about the motivation and about the source of power and strength of the early church was in Acts 2 and verse 42. And the first three words says, they devoted themselves. And I think, I think it's a, a real key that we might have missed about the growth and motivation of, of the early church. And it was interesting for me when I was meditating on this and then we were discussing it as, as, a, as, as we developed this series, that um, it, the, the motivation, the desire, the energy, the flow and the power of the early church didn't come from the top down. And it didn't come from external stimuli outside. It came from within, that they devoted themselves. It wasn't top-down. It wasn't, it wasn't pastors trying to get people to be devoted to the mm -hmm. fellowship and to the apostles' doctrine and to breaking of bread. It wasn't, it wasn't 13 emails from the small group leader. It, 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 it wasn't that the, the, the music had to be a certain tone or a certain way, or that there was lighting or strode or lights, so or the music was too loud or it was too, too low, or it wasn't this or it wasn't that. It wasn't the external comforts of the early church. And it, it, wasn't top, it wasn't top down, it wasn't external stimuli saying, well, we'll give that meeting five out of ten, Ian, or, I mean, I mean we'll give you eight out of ten this morning, it was awesome. Oh, thanks. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, but but it, was, it was an inner devotion, and, and exploring that, I think we need to look at in this series, there was a devotion, and where did that devotion spring from? It sprang from the fact that God had changed their life. 
And I really believe there's a connection between salvation and devotion. I think that's what mm. we're going to be exploring in this series, that we are responders. That's what we are as Christians. We are responders. What are we responding to? We are responding to the transformational, redemptive, salvation love of God in our lives. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. We are responders. God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were still sinners, when I, when I, when I hated him, he, Christ, died for me. And when, when you get that deep revelation, the greater the revelation you have of God's love and how he gave himself for you, to that degree is my devotion. Because my, we are responders. Uh, my level of devotion is determined by my revelation of how much he gave himself for me. And when, when I get a revelation of how much he gave himself for me, I in return give myself to him, so we were talking, uh, Ian. It's, it, I mean, this is what the Apostle Paul says. He he says, "How in the light of such great mercy, in the light of such great mercy, how can we not give ourselves as living sacrifices?" So, so this isn't something that we have to to. to uh, drudge up or it's not about pulling myself up from my bootstraps or I've got to be more devoted I've got, I've, got, I've got to read the Bible more I've got to be in fellowship more no 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 this is something that happens within you to the degree that you have a relation of how much he's given himself to you you, you give yourself in return have you got any thoughts? Yeah, I think that one of the key things when I heard about the series was just being challenged disciples, the early church devoted themselves to, um, what is it that I've got um, above him in areas of my life, uh, and, and eradicating those things, and recognizing, as, as you've just said, that you know, we love because he first loved us. Mm. Yeah, and um, the, the, the response that the early church had when they said they devoted themselves was organic. It yeah. came from within. It was a natural flow response because of what Christ had um, done for them. One of the greatest gifts the early church gave the early apostles, I think, was that they devoted themselves. The, the, one of the greatest gifts you can give pastors and leaders is, is all, all those things that you can do for yourself, you don't need someone else to do for you. And one of, one of the challenges that I think of, of modern-day church today is, is that pastors and leaders are doing things that only God can do in people's lives. They're trying to bring people to a place of devotion. They're trying to, 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 to hype. They're trying to, to, to stir. They're trying to do the strokes and the encouragements, trying to get you to read the Bible, trying to get you to fellowship and yet that's a work of the spirit of God in someone's life the, the, the work of a pastor is to facilitate what you're already hungry for speaking teaching fellowship 
commitment to small group, commitment to fellowship, providing something which is that the, that the Spirit of God has already made the people of God hungry for. And when a pastor tries to do what only the Spirit of God can do in someone's life in terms of salvation and transformation resulting in devotion, then that pastor is going to eventually lead a burnout. That pastor is eventually going to lead to, to some kind of breakdown because he's trying to do something that only God can do. That's one of the greatest gifts, I really believe, uh, the early church gave to their pastors and leaders. So, devotion then, Ian. Can you give us a, a breakdown, maybe a definition of what it means to be wholehearted? Um, well, I mean, de- devoted, if you look, as I said this morning, if you look in the dictionary, it's, it's you're committed or you're loving or you're loyal. And so what are those things that you're committed or loyal to? Or who are you committed? And You know, I could say, for example... I'm absolutely devoted to Joanna, but if I never speak to her, I never spend any time with her, I'm pretty sure my level of devotion is going to be somewhat tested by Joanna herself because there is no, there's no actual relationship or devotion there. And so if we're saying we're devoted to God and yet we're giving him next to nothing, then is that really devotion? Um, and so, you know, it's, it's at what level of, you know, are we wholeheartedly? And, and it amazes me um, as I was preparing this message, and I felt it a real kind of almost heart MOT, and I think I shared with you, it, it felt like I was actually at one point earlier this week and last week was actually literally taking out my heart and holding it, not literally taking it out and having it <laughs> pulsing in my hand, but almost that, you know, looking at my own heart, because it says, it, it put, uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, examine yourself, test, your, test where your, your heart and your devotion is, and actually see whether there is really Christ in there. And that really personally challenged, and I, and I shared this with Ian, I was like, I think I was, I was getting to the point of actually saying, you know, I really don't want to do this message because I, I feel I fall so short mm. of, of this standard. And yet, you know, h- how often, you know, do, if you have a car, you, have, you put it through an MOT every year. You, we, we look and we, we test and we see where we're at. And maybe we even in our relationships with people, we, ch- we check in with people. We, we make sure where the relationship's at. And yet, I think we, we can get to that point of actually being almost blasé and, and just over-familiar with the relationship we have with God through Jesus Christ. That we actually, mm, that's right. it just becomes an everyday yeah, thing yes. rather than an extraordinary everyday yeah, thing. That's good. That each and every day, I can come into the presence of God through Jesus wow and receive his power through the Holy Spirit to do all things. Yeah. And I love, you know, as you were saying before, what amazes me as well is you know, the, the, the people who became believers, they did what they could do. And then they were expecting and seeing what God, God doing, what only he can do. Because you know, they, they did all these things. They gave to the poor as they, or the needy as there was need. But... It was the Lord who added to their number daily those that were being saved. Um, I, had a, I had an experience when I, when I was um, early on in, when I became into ministry. 
I was, I was at some conference or something, and, and, and this other pastor came up to me and said, so how many people have you saved this year? And I went, absolute zero. And, the, and they actually were, what are you doing in ministry? I went, whoa, whoa, time out. I'm not saving anyone. I can't save anybody. It's God who does the saving. I just do the other bits in partnership with him. And you see, you know, that's, that's the difference. We've got to understand that you know, sometimes we, we expect that we've got to see us doing things that only God can do. And it's finding that distinction as well of giving ourselves wholeheartedly, but also having that understanding there's still things that I can't do, but that he can do through me. Or even, you know, he will go, as long as we come with everything, he will provide anything else that's needed. So I was reading... Um a commentary the other day in, about the Acts 2.42 verse. And this particular um, Bible scholar was focusing on that word, devoted. They devoted themselves. And this is what he said. I'll quote it to you. And de- devotion in this context is an inner state of dedication caused in response to God's saving love resulting in external acts of worship and service. I just thought that was a, 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 a really succinct, great way of saying it. I'll, I'll just say it again. And it, uh, de- devotion in this context is an inner state of dedication caused in response to God's saving love, resulting in external acts of worship and service, and and he went on to to, to break the word down. He talked he, he talked about um, devotion in the English coming from the Latin, which means to vow, devoted, to make uh, an inner vow to be separate and set apart uh, to to God. And so, um, when we look at the early church, and it says that they devoted themselves in a response to the saving love of God. And I, 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 I agree with you, Ian. This is, um, th- there can be a complacency, can't there, mm-hmm. that, that, that steps in when you've been walking with the Lord for a while. For a while. And, what, and, and there, is, there is a responsibility. We have a responsibility for the condition of our own heart and for the fire that continue, it continually fires in our heart on the altars uh, of our heart before the Lord. And what it takes is to step back from all the external pressures and challenges, whether that's in life or uh, career or ministry, and we step back and we find again the love of God afresh. His love is new this morning and great is his faithfulness. So there's always a newness of the love of God. So I was, I was meditating the other day on, on Jeremiah 31, verse 3, and it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness I have drawn you unto myself. So there is a drawing, a drawing power in the love of God. It's like a magnet that draws you into him. And as you open yourself up again and give him time to allow that, that inner fire to start again, that fire for him, 
That devotion for him is in response to knowing and receiving and experiencing again afresh the love of God for, for our lives. Yeah, I, I think the whole thing of being devoted is talking about, you know, you're giving of your time, your money, your effort, your focus. You look at the early church and how they were just given over to the studying of the word, to, to meeting together, uh, talking about the things of God. And I just think it's about loyalty and giving steadfast love and attention. So anyone in relationships, you know whether someone is devoted to you by the way that they are treating you, the way that they spend their time with you, the way they're using their money, all those kinds of things are indications of devotion. Um, I just think of Mary. We're all familiar with the story of Mary and how she came with her alabaster jar and she broke it and she anointed Jesus with the perfume. Now, when you think about that, the, there was no going back. Once that alabaster jar was broken, there was no going back. The perfume is, is released. And it would have been her most valuable possession. We talk about spike nard. It's talking about nard being used. Now, this is only actually used twice in the Bible. Once is in the Song of Solomon. This is about love. This is expensive. This is about wholehearted devotion. And... It's, it's interesting to see Jesus' response. He just welcomed that which all the people around were angry about. Like, why, why is she spending all this? This could have been given to feed the poor. And yet Jesus just received her love and her devotion. And, and I think that that's really interesting to sort of note just the differences in people's hearts. They see you are devoted to the things of God. And, and, and you can have disdain from people uh, because it doesn't match up with their ideas, uh, their ways of going about things. Um, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful reminder, really, of what the love for Christ should look like. It's about giving our all to him. And I really see that in the early church, that they gave of their time, they gave of their money, they, said they, they sold things uh, in order that no one had need. It was, I'm all in here. And it was true, wholehearted devotion. It's just seeking to honor God in all things. And I think that story of Mary just really sums up the, the mm. whole idea of devotion. Yeah. Well, that's what devotion looks like. Yeah, that's a good picture. I, so, can our devotion, well, yes, it can, because we just spoke about it now, become an apathy? become a routine in our lives um, and um, with the drudgery of that uh, Ian can you speak into that can you I th yeah I think I think we, we it can become a routine in a good way and it can become a routine in a bad way and I think mm. most of us would focus on the way it becomes a routine in a bad way or a difficult way mm. um, I mean just to think of what, what I shared this morning so um, you know and you've already mentioned uh, the prophet Jeremiah, when Jeremiah was faced with the, with the reality and the, the difficulty of walking in obedience to what God wanted him to do um, and his word, he actually, it, it, you know, to put it, to paraphrase it, he gets fed up because he thinks it's too hard, it's too difficult. And for a moment, he's contemplating there's got to be a different way. There's got to be another way I can live out my life for God. Um, 
not that he was thinking of a road of, of blatant rebellion, of, you know, of doing a Jonah and completely going the opposite way, or, or wanting all the inheritance like the prodigal son and going off and doing whatever he wants to do, but it's, it was just more um, a, just this idea of not actually speaking out the word of God as God was giving it to him. Um, just a silence, not an anger, just apathy, just there, just, li- just living in the daily routine of just being. And what he discovers changes life and he confesses in Jeremiah 20, but if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. And I think what, for us, the, the, there's a danger is that um, we, can, we can become so complacent and so used to the routine that we come to church on a Sunday, we go to our small group midweek, we may attend the prayer meeting, we have that quiet time that it does just become the norm. We just allow it to do, you know, it's what we do as a Christian that it loses that expectancy and that excitement, as I was saying before, of actually here is a a valuable moment that I have to walk every single day with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to actually not only just go, right, here's my shopping list of prayers, but actually to have a moment where you say, God, what do you have for me today? What is it you want of me today? Mm. And we can just get, I mean, it's into it because we, because some of these, you know, some of, uh, I, I was asking even within our household because I'm the sort of person, I, I can't just do a message in my, I can't just prepare a message on my own. I have to get feedback. For, and, and in our house the other night, um, I was talking with, with um, Joel and Grace and we were just, this whole question of it, when does it just become a routine that it's just that, ugh, and that, that thing of it's just an average thing. And I confess, for me at times, I look back and I think, I've just gone through the motions. I haven't come to church with an absolute expectancy that God's going to move mm-hmm. in the morning, in the evening, or whenever it is. That even as I come into the office Monday morning, am I expecting to do, for God to do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine? Am I, am I expecting in my home for God to do the things that only he can do? And if I'm honest, I don't always expect that. So why? Why is that? Because, you know, I, I mean, I've got, you know, we've got the ma- massive privilege of being able to work for the church. And if I'm not seeing that, why, am I, why would I expect anybody else to have that as well? And so it's just, you know, it's where, where is the fire burning within me where is this, you know, as, it's, as Jesus says, where is this stream of living water coming out of me? Or actually, am I, as, as it says in one of the Psalms, am I actually a, a parched, dry land and I've, I've lost that eagerness that, that it's just become a regular habit and not actually uh, something that is, is like the heartbeat of my relationship with him. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's... there's um, <clears throat> Uh, a scripture that comes to mind in 1 Thessalonians um, 5 
and it talks about, may the God of peace sanctify you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, and may he preserve you completely until the coming of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and it talks about this sanctifying, this setting apart, which is really another word for devotion, to be set apart, that, 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 that inner vow that we spoke about, to be set apart uh, to, to the Lord. And, and, he, and John Wesley picked this up. He talked about uh, this word called entire sanctification, that you can come to a place in your devotion and in your walk with the Lord where God's love wins out. God's love conquers all the apathy and all the mediocrity. And there's that, that, that onward going fire on a daily basis that you connect, connect with, that you are entirely sanctified. And in the same way that you have, as Ian was saying, in the same way as you can have this routine which is, which is apathetic, you can have, also have the positive. You can have the routine which is daily we walk with the Lord. Uh, daily, it says, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill, fulfill, fulfill the lusts of the flesh. There's this daily walking in the Spirit where you're encountering the love of God and the love of God is winning out every day. Mm. Yeah, I, I think you know, we're called to, to love others as he has loved us. Mm. Um, and that can be really, really hard. And I think being devoted to loved ones. Um, I have a friend who is dealing with somebody who's got Alzheimer's, and you know the, the love and the devotion that um, they have for, for one another has been tremendous. But this individual just has been really struggling because he goes to see his wife and there is that sense of not really recognising him and there's abuses coming out of her mouth and you just think, like, this is really sad. The, the, the love and the devotion that he has for her is not being received, it's not being reciprocated. And when you're in that situation, it's really hard to continue in that. It becomes a drudgery. There is a, a sense of this is really, really tough because it's really hard when the love that you have for somebody is not actually received. Um, and I think it, it's recognizing that Christ has loved us, that God has not given up on us. In fact, he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to be a sacrifice for us. He's demonstrated his devotion to us, and so we can go to him, and we can know that that love is received. Um, and so I think we need to be re really rooted in recognizing that his devotion to us is the springboard for our devotion to, to him. We love him because he first loved us. He gave himself for us. And when we refresh ourselves as to what Christ has done for us, we can't help but just give him our adoration and our worship. Those who have been forgiven much love much. Um, and so when we keep going back to that, we recognize that... Um, we can't help but be devoted to someone who is wholly devoted to us. Mm. There's that reciprocation in, in the relationship, that desire for him. One of the questions that we were asked 
uh, Ian, is um, what's more important, uh, what you would call, say, inner devotion or uh, outward or community devotion? So when you look at that Acts 2, 42, it says that they devoted themselves, and then it talks about what they devoted themselves to. And so you have the apostles' teaching, and you have the breaking of bread and fellowship one to another and to the fellowship of the saints. So, so you have a devotion one to another, mm-hmm. but you also have a devotion to God. And we were asked the question, which one is more important? Yeah, it's a good question. Because I think you can't have one without the other. Um, well, but the, but the source, we have to remember where the source of all this comes from, and it, and it comes through what, what, what God's done for us through Christ Jesus. Um, and so, you know, in that Acts 2, the, the people are responding to what God's already done for them, and that's, a, that's an inner working in their life. The natural response of that is that it's not just that relationship, but it's also these relationships that are impacted by that. Um, you know, often we can think, I can be a Christian on my own. Well, you can be in relationship with God on your own, but to be a Christian, part of that is God calls us as part of his mission for us as part of his body of Christ, the church, is that we actually go and show his love to others as well. So if it's just the what I call the vertical relationship, that in itself, as that relationship grows, as his power comes into us, we cannot contain it and, and keep it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, I, I used a quote this morning, and, and I, was, I was reading again through it this, uh, this afternoon, and I just love it because um, R.T. Kendall's a theologian, and what he says is this, if we have the word without the spirit, we tend to dry up. If we have the spirit without the word, we tend to blow up. If we have both the spirit and the word, we tend to grow up and fire up. But when each is properly joined in common union, there is explosive power to be had. There is a dynamism in all of us, getting our relationship with God right, being devoted to him, but that doesn't just have an impact on us individually, it has an impact on us as a community that is as we relate one to another and to those around us people see the difference because when you look back in Acts chapter 2 Peter says to them save yourselves from this corrupt generation people out there and I'm sure we are hurt by the way people treat us when we receive the love of God for ourselves and his forgiveness and his peace, that, whether you say anything or not, impacts the way you deal with other people. It just does. I don't know, you know, I've, been in, I've walked into a room and I can tell there's another Christian in the room purely by looking at the way they are, just their personality. They don't even have to come and tell me I'm a Christian. I, know, I can just know they are because, and, and once or twice they haven't been and I'm like, they really need <laughs> because they would be amazing, amazing people in the church. Um, it's just, it, you know, it, you can't have one without the other. Um, you know, the, the classic example, 
No, I'm not going to say it because it'll it might steal something from next week, so I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can steal it. Go no, on, no, 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 no. Well, no, it's, you know, it's, it's if... It, sorry, Dave. Because um, <laughs> De Dave's looking at... If you have... I mean, we don't... Not many of us have an open fire anymore, but I always remember... Uh, I, used to, I used to spend Saturday evenings um, with, with my nana, um, and she had this open fire. And if a piece of coal came out very quickly, I mean, okay, you had to make sure it didn't burn through the rug, but very quickly that coal would, would go very cold because it's on its own. But if you put it back in that fire, that fire will keep going. If you keep stoking it, you keep feeding it, that fire will never go out. Sorry, Dave. I'm nicking it. Um, and, and, that's, and that's the thing is, if we, if we think we can do this Christian life on our own, we're, we're that lump of coal that's sitting out on its own. Mm. And we're not actually being all that we can, you know, the fire that can burn within all of us is so much greater. Mm. Sorry. No, good. Keep preaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's more important, uh, the question was, is, is it, is it uh, devotion to others or is it devotion to God? And, and Ian's spot on, it's, it's not a question of either or, it's a question of both, but what comes first? Mm -hmm. Because our, our source for, of devotion for other people in terms of serving and loving uh, other people comes from that place of knowing that we're loved by God him, himself, and if you, if you, what was interesting uh, for me is uh, uh, people, people know the three restorations of Peter. You know, Peter denied, denied Jesus, didn't he, three times, and then after the resurrection, and, and Jesus meets Peter on, on the shore of Galilee again, and he says, "Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Then go and feed my sheep." And he asked him three times, Peter. Do you love me? Yes. Lord, you know that I love you. Go and feed my sheep. So, 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 so Peter's ministry, Peter's work for God came out of knowing yeah. that he right. loved God. It, do you, and so mm -hmm. that's the challenge, I think, that Jesus has for us. Do you, do, do you love me? Is the, is the devotion there? Is the connection there? Because when that connection is there, then the ministry comes out of that. And if it doesn't come out of that, then it becomes tiring, it becomes a burden, it becomes a drudgery. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden, it's light. Yeah, I, I think one of my favorite passages is, I have been crucified with Christ mm. and I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And as we, we said earlier, uh, 1 John 4.19 talks about we love because he first loved us. And whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he's given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And I think the, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. I'm recognizing that you know, Christ has died for me. I, my life is now in him. And I want to have him live his life continuing through me. 
to other people, to those around me. And so if I am wholly devoted to him and I've accepted what Christ has done for me, I'm wanting his life to flow through me out to other people. So it is God comes first, devotion to God, and then you will naturally have a desire to be devoted and you've got the strength and the ability to be devoted to other people. Mm. Does, does God require that devotion? Um, does he require that devotion before he loves us? Um, passage I kind of started with this morning is um, while we were yet sinners Christ died for us God shows his devotion to us that even though we were so far away from him he gave his all for us so does he require us to be fully devoted to him well he's already done all that he can do he's provided the Holy Spirit you know Jesus has risen again has defeated death is sitting on the throne. I think God longs for our devotion. Um, you know, as I used this morning, you know, the, the most popular Bible verse um, on the popularity stakes, if they're, you know, on certain websites they, they do, which is the most downloaded verse, it used to always be John 3:16, for God so loved the world. Now, it's gone to Jeremiah 29, verse 11, which I think shows a shift, is that we, we as, 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 even in the Christian community, we are we're almost taking the focus off him and onto what we receive from him. So Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I, God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, give you strength, hope, and the future. And we can, you know, I can sit here today and go, all right, okay, bring it, I want it. I don't have to do anything in response. That, that's the mindset we can have. God's done it all. He's going to do it all f- for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not, a, that's not a, a two-way relationship. If he's just going to do it all, where's, where's my commitment? Where's my devotion to this relationship? And then it goes on to say, but when you call on me, when you actually... You know, seek me with all of your heart, then you will find me. Jesus is asked, what are the two greatest commandments? Mm -hmm. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else hangs on those two. So it's not a requirement but it should be our response that we bring everything of ourselves. And I can't speak for anyone else here, but I know there are, there are areas of my life that I'm still like, well, I'll just keep hold of this, thanks God, because it's, it's more comfortable this way. And in Revelation, what I came to, and I didn't use it this morning because... I'm still, I'm still processing it a little bit. But the words I came back to in Revelation when Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. And so there's, you know, there's, if you imagine your, your whole life is, is this mansion and there's all these amazing rooms and there's a, you know, all the good, the good rooms will allow God into because they're all, we've got all those areas of our life sorted. 
But those areas where things aren't quite the way, this, you know, well, we'll keep that door closed. And now he's going, no, no, no. I'm, I'm standing at that door and I'm knocking and I'm waiting for you to let me in. Are you really, really devoted to me to allow me in to those spaces? Because the handle's on our side, not on his. He waits for us and wants to commune with us in every aspect of our lives. And I've still got one or two little areas. They're not, don't worry, they're not huge, massive areas. <laughs> Everybody's going, right, get him, get him off. Get him, get him off. <laughs> What's he doing on the front? But do you know, actually, the biggest feedback I had from this morning was people saying, thank you. And I said, well, you know, I'm just like everybody else. There's, there are still things. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Ian is still, Sarah, we're all still a work in progress. And as we go through life, new challenges, new, new diff obstacles try and come in the way. It's how we negotiate through them and allow God to work in them and through us in those situations. And, and how do we stay devoted to him no matter what life throws at us? That, I think, is often the, the, the big challenge. Well, it's the big challenge for me. I hope it is for you as well. We'll talk about it later. Um, but it is, you know, it's those things that... What are the things that stop me from being fully devoted you know, again, coming back, it's, it's looking at ourselves and going, is there any, you know, Lord, you know me. Search my heart and if there's any way in me. That is a, on the one hand, it's a scary thing to do, but it's a beautiful thing to do. To actually allow yourself before God to be completely open to him. Because um, I want more, I don't know about you, I want more of him. I want more of him in my life. I want more of him in your life. I want more of God in this church. Um, I mean, you know, it's an amazing community we have, but I still believe there's still so much more for us. Um, so yeah, he wants us. He's shown us how much he wants us. How much do we really want him? Yeah, I, I, I'm a bit more um, carnal than you, I think, in the sense of when I, when I became a Christian, I mean, I was absolutely blown away with the love of Christ for me. Um, some of you will have heard my testimony of how I came out of spiritualism and surrendered my life to Christ. And I was so overwhelmed with his love, his forgiveness, his grace, and it really is, those who've been forgiven much, love much. And I remember a song, I think it goes back to 1980s. Um, I am the man who will fight for your honour. I'll be the hero that you're dreaming of. We'll be together knowing forever that we did it all for the glory of love. And some of you will recognise that song. But for me, as I was like going through the verses, it was like Jesus sang a verse and I was singing a verse and he would sing the chorus. And you know, I am the man who will fight for your honour. It's like he's already done everything for me. I'll be the hero that you're dreaming of. Who could want for a greater hero? But he actually sacrificed his life that I could have fullness yeah. of life. Um, and he did it all for the glory of love. Um, so you can't help with 
when you are just overwhelmed by the love of somebody, you can't help but have a, a heart devotional response mm. back. Um, and so there really is that sense of that intimacy with God. I mean, the, I've actually prayed for the young people, and something that I did when I first became a Christian was thinking, Lord, you said that you would be a husband to me. And I, I, I asked that you would be a husband to me until you choose to share that responsibility with somebody else. And, you know, all our needs are supplied in Christ Jesus. And I often go back to that foundation of mm. there are people in so many different situations in life. They've got broken relationships. They're hurting in many different ways. Mm. But all our needs are met in Christ. And when he has devoted his whole life for our freedom, for our salvation, for our healing, for our deliverance, you know, such great love can only have that heart response of, of devotion back to him. Um, and so I, it's not something, of course the Bible says, you know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And you'll love your neighbor as yourself. But it shouldn't be a drudgery. It shouldn't be a chore. Um, it should be that heart response, recognizing what Christ has done for us, that we can go, wow. Yeah. And you know, just in the intimacy of your own room, it's like, Lord, I just love you so much. It's one thing to stand up in church, I'll really love you, Lord, and we're all like, um, it's kind of high praise and stuff. And it's, if you're finishing a conversation with someone, oh yeah, love you, bye. That's really different to having those moments where maybe you're sat with a loved one over dinner and you go, you know what, I just need to tell you I really love you. Mm -hmm. And there's a totally different feeling that that mm -hmm. brings forth. Yeah. And I think we can have that in Christ. So those that are in broken relationships and are in pain, like I am feeling so isolated on my own, it's like, Lord, be a husband to me. You know, I want to know that intimacy with you. You can be there on your own, just lying on your bed. Lord, just let me know your presence with me. I am not alone. The, the, the battles I'm going through, the battles belong to you. And I am wholly devoting my life to your service. And I just want your will and your plans and your purposes to be outworked in my life. You make sense of the mess. And, and I think there's that, there's that consecration of the heart towards God that yeah you, you can do no other but be devoted to him because of his devotion to you we love because he first loved us what a wonderful way to to end the panel thank you um Sarah thank you Ian it was uh, awesome this morning and 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 tonight as well so thank you for everything that as I asked the worship band to to come up I want to read uh something for for you this evening as we as we come to a moment, as we finish off our service, to give people an opportunity to say, Lord, here I am, and I want to be fully devoted to you, not out of self-effort, but out of saying, do a work in me, transform me. And I wrote down a couple of statements, and it was this, you give yourself to the degree you know he has given himself for you. I'll say that again. You give yourself to the degree you know he has given himself.